Welcome to episode 11 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Dr. Pooja Gopal, resident at University of Illinois at Chicago and RSA Education Committee Chair, speaks with Dr. Michael Gottlieb, instructor at the Department of Emergency Medicine at Rush Medical College and current AAEM Young Physicians Section Vice President. Today, Drs. Gopal and Gottlieb discuss best practices for using foam as a teaching tool and how to use foam at the bedside. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another segment of AEM RSA podcast. I'm Pooja Gopal, a current resident at University of Illinois at Chicago and current vice chair of the AEM Education Committee. I'm really excited to be bringing you this podcast straight from Fort Lauderdale at Cord Academic Assembly 2017. Here today, I have Dr. Michael Gottlieb, who in a very short time span has actually accomplished quite a bit. And so I'm really deeply honored to have him here today with us. Dr. Gottlieb, can you give us a bit of a background on what you've done, who you are? No, Pooja, thank you for having me. It's honored to be a part of the podcast. So I had trained at Cook County in Chicago. I was chief there, and I joined uh, Rush as part of the new uh, emergency medicine residency program as the new Ultron director. But aside from that, I've had two kind of components throughout my training. One was serving as RSA. I was a prior vice president and was actually newly elected as the vice president of the young physician section of AAM. And I'm also interested in digital applications. So one of my other major side projects is the Alien Faculty Incubator, where we co-created the prior year. We're now entering year two. And it's just been a nice way of using digital education to really further our continuing and faculty development program. So that's something that's you know I'm passionate about and happy to speak beyond that as well. Wonderful. So one of the lectures you're giving Dr. Gottlieb is entitled Point of Care Foam 360. What is the actual value of using foam ed resources in bedside teaching? So that's a great question. We often talk about foam in the sense of when we're at home and we're doing it for flipped classrooms and we're using it for looking up resources in an external environment. But I think it has a lot of value when we're using it at the bedside. And I think a lot of us are doing this in ways we're not thinking about. So in general, we all know that we have a finite capacity to know all the information. We don't know everything of everything of everything. A lot of times we don't know something. We have to have a way of looking it up. And even if we do know something, the evidence changes really quickly. And foam gives you this access to an immense series of resources where you can look things up at the bedside. And it's a little bit more sophisticated than just Googling what is this crazy syndrome that I had never heard of. It's actually looking up the evidence quickly at the bedside. It's valuable for answering clinical questions, whether it be for yourself on a patient or whether it be a younger learner bringing a question up. It's also valuable for something called just-in-time training, which some people may be familiar with. But basically, this is when you're viewing a video or a procedure prior to performing it. And this is relevant in cases when you're not going to perform something very commonly. We don't do lateral canthotomies or transvenous pacing on a daily basis. And so these are procedures that you have to remind yourself how to do. You learned it in residency or you learned it during a course. And it's been years since the last time you've used it. So you can go ahead and do a quick refresher at the bedside. It takes two minutes. And it provides you the opportunity to kind of say, oh, yeah, now I remember how to do it. Rather than trying to go find a textbook and look through a procedure book, there's immense series of resources where they can show you quick videos, you know, figures, different things to help you do it quickly. The other value is from a teaching perspective. Foam at the bedside, I think one of the biggest applications here is to make your teaching more efficient. Let's say, for example, I have a medical student and they have a patient with asthma. 
they come back and they tell me about their patient with asthma. Now, they're not as familiar with some of the treatment management. Option number one is I can sit there and I can do a mini lecture for about 20 minutes, 10 minutes, maybe even five on the different treatments of asthma. And that's great. But they can look that up. I'm not adding that much value by giving them this canned mini lecture on asthma. Alternatively, I can point them towards a valuable resource in asthma management. There's a lot of great ones, and I can talk about that a little bit later, on different resources for this. But you have them look at that website. You go in the room, you see their patient, you talk to the patient. By the time you come back, they've reviewed that resource. You're ready to talk about advanced applications. You're able to have them apply that. So it's the same concept of the flipped classroom, except the real-life version. That's a really novel technique, and I think something very applicable to the bedside. What are some techniques learners can use to filter online content based on their own educational goals? The simplest way is use high-quality sites. That's my first starting point is when I'm looking for an answer to something, I want to use one of the established sites. And most of us know them. Examples include Life in the Fast Lane, Academic Life in Emergency Medicine, Rebel EM, Core EM, and the SGEM, which is Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. These are all well-known across the field as very reliable, high-quality sites. Now, in addition to that, there's a few others that we may not have heard of. One of them is EM Fundamentals. This is a website, basically, uh, where they look at different types of emergencies, common chief complaints, procedures, and they lay out useful resources. So they summarize out resources that they vetted that they think are reliable quickly on shift. Another one's called EMN5. This is short five-minute videos that will basically have a core topic, for example, penetrating neck trauma, how to evaluate C-spine, and they show you a quick five-minute video. Again, a great opportunity. You have the learner watch that five-minute video while you go see their patient. You come back. It's interactive. They're high-quality videos. Five-minute Sona was the ultrasound version of this. This was Ben Smith, Jacob Vila, basically created these five-minute videos that show you how to perform ultrasound exams with positives and negatives, which is, again, very helpful for ultrasound because it's such a visual field. MRAP has an HD version called MRAP HD that's on YouTube, free open access videos. This was uh, Mel Herbert, Jess Mason. Again, very high-quality videos. Their procedure videos are actually one of my favorites for reviewing and just kind of giving you teaching pearls. I have no conflicts of interest for these. These are just great websites that I've come across that I think are valuable, but there's a ton more, and I don't mean to be exclusive on these. Look through there, go through word of mouth, reach out and say, hey, what are you using for your quick point-of-care evaluations? Now, separate from that, there's also something called Google Foam. So it's G-O-O-G-L-E-F-O-A-M.com. And basically it is, it's normal Google, except it's targeted towards the most valuable foam sites. So instead of, again, just going ahead and Googling a website and saying, oh, all right, cool, this is the great resource, which ends up being half the time ends up being patient websites or poor quality evaluations, is actually targeting in the valuable foam sources. So you're targeting your source to useful websites right off the bat. Last one is YouTube. We're all pretty familiar with YouTube for a number of reasons, but YouTube is actually really nice for videos. The challenge is you should really be vetting these in advance. So I do have a set of YouTube videos I really like, but these are ones I've reviewed myself before showing to a learner because the quality can be just so variable. It's great because they will have really great presentations out there and they have them you know, in short clips and you can show them and you can access them at most institutions. However, you need to make sure that they're both high quality, concise, they're not 20 minute videos, and that they're appropriate for your learner level. Especially if you're showing it to a medical student, you don't want it to be at a level that's above their heads or something that's so simple that they're not learning from it. So it's again, the key thing here is using high quality sites. When you don't use that, make sure you're using either sites that are well respected from other people or Google Foam to narrow it down and pre-evaluating these sites, pre-vetting them whenever you can so that you're using sites that are actually high quality. Okay, wonderful. And what are some strategies to use FOMED for bedside teaching? 
So the biggest thing is whenever you can, have your set of resources ready. Just like we've all developed these kind of canned mini lectures for asthma, for CAD, for using D-dimer and, you know, and chest pain, for valuing peas, we all have our set of pre-established you know, lectures or mini lectures or mini teaching points. Have your set of resources too, and you can store them on your phone. You just save them as a notes tab and say, okay, when this scenario comes up, here's a great resource that I've used that people seem to really like. And that way you're not having to seek them on the fly, especially when you're on a really busy shift. It's much easier to say, oh, if you type in, for example, life in the fast lane, well in sign, here's going to be a great review of this versus having to Google it really quickly and then try to find it and then skim through and make sure it's more accurate. So whenever possible, look up that resource. And then when you're on shift and you don't have that resource, remember that for later because that question is going to come up again. And then next time you're going to be prepared for each set of resources. So I started building out a library of valuable resources so I can just pull it up really quickly and I remember this site. So if I'm going for continuous chest compressions, I really like ALEM's review. So I'll go academic life in the EM, continuous chest compressions, and boom, it goes to that resource. Now, as I kind of mentioned to or alluded to before, as an attending or a resident on shift, you can really utilize these opportunities to have them review the resource while you go see their patient. It actually makes things a lot more efficient because then you're not having to do you know, a mini lecture for five minutes. You can go see their patient during the interval and really focus on high-yield topics. But you want to make sure you're targeting them appropriate to the learner. So, for example, again, I will send a more novice learner to LIM or CORIM for their asthma reviews. For higher-level learners, we'll talk about things like D-dimer or you know, age-adjusted D-dimers, D-dimers in pregnancies. And there's nice websites, for example, Wiki Journal Club, that does short journal club reviews. For the higher-level learner, you can actually have them either you know, glance at the review article there or use that later for a follow-up on a patient. The other thing that I use this for is procedures. I think this is particularly well-set for procedures. Now, a lot of the just-in-time literature speaks about it from the provider level, but from the learner level, I'll have them quickly review the procedure then I'll go see the patient or see another patient, get that going, come back, and we'll talk through the procedure. And then by the time they're ready to perform the procedure, they've thought through this process several times. They've asked most of their questions before in the patient room. So by the time they're in the patient room, they're already starting to go towards that autopilot move because they've seen it, they've thought it through, so that see one, do one, teach one, they've done before they've even touched the patient. And now that we can argue the validity of that model, but repetition and thinking it through and having deliberate feedback on that is valuable, and that's one of those opportunities for just-in-time teaching really nicely here. Any other final tips for learners and educators uh, in terms of navigating foam and utilizing the resources? So one thing I think that I want to highlight here is we've talked a lot about using foam at the bedside and how to use it as a you know learner, how to use this as a receiver of knowledge. But it's really a two-way street. One of the things that's really nice here is that foam is a community. It's meant to be sharing of knowledge. And so when you're on shift, you should think about just sharing out some of these pearls. There's so many times on shift that you have a really neat idea or a tip or trick or just a nice memory aid. Put that out for the community. Prime examples of this. Think about Amal Matu. He does these whiteboard teaching at University of Maryland, but he doesn't just do it there. He'll take a picture of the board and post it up, and everyone gets to learn from it. Michelle Lin and a number of others have also done this with something called hashtag post-it pearls. It's basically a newer hashtag where – You'll write down quick notes on these post-its, which is nice because you give it to the resident to take home and they have a nice reminder. And you can stick it on the computer screen, move it screen to screen and remind throughout shifts. But then you take a picture of it and it gets out to the whole foam community. And you're not doing anything more than taking a picture of something you've already done. A lot of us get intimidated when we're putting it on social media because there's a lot of huge names out there that are posting all the time. But remember, this is meant to be a community for everyone. You don't have to be an established leader in the field to post on social media. 
example of this, so Jeremy Faust actually had a recent article in Annals of Emergency Medicine. And he talked about his experiences as a resident building his career across social media. He was one that he's a great example along with Lauren Westifer who really kind of built their career as residents on the kind of verge of social media. And he talks about how it was valuable for not only building out his career, but also just developing as a person. I would say that try to overcome that fear and just put your name out there. Everyone's pretty forgiving of it and really use the opportunity to share your teaching pearls, share your knowledge, connect with this community. As part of my lecture, we're starting a series of talks via hashtag POC foam, which is point of care foam. So feel free to tweet out at hashtag POC foam or at M Gottlieb MD. M, M is a Michael Gottlieb MD for me. And again, you know, thank you for having me. Happy to talk anytime. Thank you so much. That was really informational and clarified a lot of things I think people had on their minds in terms of what resources to turn to and what exactly foam is and how to utilize that at the bedside. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Gottlieb, for taking the time out to talk to us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And I hope you tune in next time. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.